It's the Inspiring Voice Podcast from iVoice Communication, and I am Donna Rastigian-Mack. Welcome. With all the noise in the world, are you able to hear your own inspiring voice? And are you able to use your voice to be successful in business and in life? This is what we do at iVoice Communication, a company that creates confident speakers, successful interpersonal communicators, and healthy human connections. We know the business of communication. As a coach, workforce trainer, I also work for two decades in the media, and I'm the author of Guide to a Richer Life. Know your worth, find your voice, and speak what's true to you. Please check it out. On the podcast today, we get to hear from industrial organizational psychologist and traveling psychologist, Dr. Chris Sopa. Now, Chris has incredible credentials, lots of schooling, couple of degrees, and she also has that deep life experience that's hers alone and hers to share. Through some pretty tough, tough challenges, Chris has learned how to improve and perfect listening to her own inspiring voice while extracting what we call the sweet lessons from life experiences. I met Chris while she was on a four-month journey, visiting many portions of the world, and she was doing it solo. When she returned, she was really hit hard and ended up having to have some major back surgery, which went wrong. Through it all, Chris endured and she learned. She endured and she learned and continues to. As Chris's physical healing continues, You'll hear a few things she's uncovered over the past few months, including the importance of being really tuned in and mindful about your thoughts, how to reteach people how to treat you, shifting your perspective to counter what she calls social expectations and conditioning, how to set boundaries as opposed to protective walls and what she sees as a healthy, more enlightened future for her, her family, and for people everywhere. It's all coming up. So now, the Inspiring Voice Podcast, Chris Sopa, who at the time of the interview was describing how she navigated the medical system and her pretty intense pain. Here's Dr. Chris. Called my doctor, he put me on antibiotics, um, and he said, let's just do this for seven days. You just might have a little infection in there. Three days later, I woke up and I was almost convulsing. I was shaking so badly with the fever that they ended up um, calling an ambulance. I was rushed to the hospital. They did all of these tests on me and, you know, they thought I was in septic shock from whatever infection I had. Um, All of the tests came back okay, and they kind of said, oh, we think you just have a flu. Well, one of the tests they did was they took a sample of the drainage coming from my incision, and they sent it to the lab, and they said this takes a couple days to come back. So the next four weeks, still had all of these symptoms, felt a little bit better, but then I got to the point where I couldn't walk again because I did have an infection in my back that went missed, Mm. which I found out later. And it was causing these massive muscle spasms in my low back. And so here I am now alone in Colorado, 
I don't even have anyone to call to say, hey, can you pick up my prescription for me? I don't know hospitals. I don't know doctors. I don't have anyone here that can help. So it was the most humbling and scary experience of my entire life to the point where um, now to battle these infections, I have a pick line actually right here in my arm. I have to give myself IV antibiotics twice a day, and then I have to be on an oral antibiotic for six to 12 months just to get rid of these infections, which were both hospital-borne pathogens oh. because the titanium screws they put in my back were apparently contaminated somehow. And so it has just been this like roller coaster event. The amazing thing about it though, Donna, is that, you know, I believe anything that intense that happens, I call those two by four moments, yeah. you know, where the gods are trying to get your attention <laughs> and you've been stubborn up to this point and haven't seen the signs. Um, there's so many blessings, but then there's also so many realizations that I've had, you know, I've always worn the badge of Miss Independent. I've been divorced for 15 years and I travel alone and I can live alone. Um, now it has really woken me up to, I need to be a better friend. I need to build community more. I don't want to live someplace not near my daughters and, and family and friends. Mm -hmm. I don't want to do that. Mm -hmm. um, it has made me see where I've lacked boundaries in relationships, where I have some toxic friendships and relationships that really need to change or be eliminated. Um, and I don't you, know that I- How did you see this through this process, Chris? Just, because I think when you have experiences like this, where you're really so humbled, I mean, mm. when you cannot walk and you're alone mm -hmm. and you do not have anyone to depend on, but then you also let, you know, obviously my friends and family knew what happens is that people that you may expect to be there for you aren't. And those that you didn't expect are. And it really makes you look at your relationships a little bit differently, as well as being in that humbling position makes you really question everything. Mm. And, and that's what I started to do. I just really, I, you know, I use my life experiences. I believe earth is a school and, and we, you know, use our life, our life experiences are there to, to teach well, us that's things. that's why and I related with you when I saw you, when yeah. I found you, I said kindred spirit for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. And some of them we don't like, like this has not been pleasant. Mm. Um, but you know, you do, you have to look at the blessings through it. Um, like, like you said, a blessing was this didn't happen overseas. Mm -hmm. You know, this, this happened you know, while I was at least back in the States. Yes, but we also know there's something called toxic positivity out there because, you know, at the end of the day, this was real. And this is indeed something you had to deal with. So how on, right. on earth did you untangle it all and get through this time, Chris? It's, um, it has not been easy and I have not been um, stellar through the whole thing. But what I will tell you that I've Oh, have you been human? <laughs> I've been human. It's amazing. Which is the other thing you realize. It's like, wow, I am human. Um, <laughs> you know, I, taking the high road, the high ground. I'm all right. about that. And at the end of the day, we're human. So yeah, it's yeah, all about balance, right? This is yeah, helping you balance your balance. life. <laughs> it's true. And, you know, being misindependent like I was, yeah. you know, 
had a really hard time asking for help. Mm. Um, you know, I've got this, I've got this, um, not really allowing myself to be in the emotion and cry and feel vulnerable in the moment with either mm. myself or somebody else was huge. And so as I went through all of this and being able to also pull, you know, being 52 years old, like I've had other experiences as well that haven't been great, had good ones and not so good ones. Mm-hmm. I've been able to look back and go, wow, okay, how did I handle that? That did not work. And so for me in this, I got to a point where I had to let myself and thank God for some of my good friends who really helped me through this, like sitting and just crying my eyes out and just feeling sorry for myself for a little bit to allow the emotion to come through. Cause you know, we have to feel it to heal it, yes. right? It's got to come through. Feel, I'm allowing feel, my- heal is one of my favorite sayings. I love right. that. I've yeah. never heard that one before. Feel, deal, heal. Mm-hmm. Love it. But you know, allowing myself to be in that space, um, then just finding each day, focusing on, okay, what can I control? What can I do? Even one little thing, looking at every day, the things I'm grateful for Mm. looking at every day, the small little things, even like, wow, I'm able to get up off the couch without my back going into a spasm. Great. That's one little thing, you know, looking at those things. And then honestly, Donna, I got to a point where because at the beginning, when you you get hit when you're down, and that's how I felt, I just kept feeling like I was just being hit when I was down. I would take one step forward and then 10 steps back. I got to a point where I literally was just so sick of one, feeling like a victim and being in that victim consciousness, which I was in and out of. And then two, feeling like the situation was controlling me and I wasn't controlling it and control Mm. might not be the right there, but like, just, I believe we create our own reality. And so I'm like, I am not creating my reality here. I'm allowing my reality to control me. So what reality do I want to create? And so I started tapping into everything I knew spiritually, meditation, crystals, like you name it, and visualizing myself healthy, strong, no infection, all of that again. And that's where I am really now is on this journey of what do I want to create? What is my reality versus what I'm seeing as my reality? Because it's vibration, right? Like you've got to vibrate with what you want before it manifests and comes in. If I'm vibrating constantly with, oh, I'm sick, my back hurts, I can't walk, that's what I'm going to manifest. I don't want to manifest that. Well, anymore. of course, and it is a fine line. And I have a lot of conversations with people, Chris, about that victim mentality. You mentioned that a little uh-huh. while ago. And the reality is sometimes we are victims, right? I mean, it was not the plan to go to the True. hospital to heal yourself. And all of a sudden you, ha- mm-hmm. you get a hospital or an infection, or what did you mention? Two hospital infections. I mean, what are the odds of that? Mm-hmm. It was a freak thing. You were in a way a victim, but the question is now, right. how long are you going to stay there? Because I think we know hey. that when it comes to healing yourself as best as we can, right? In addition to the science, right? Taking the right meds, getting the right rest and things like that. We as humans can make things better or we can make things worse. 
So it does sound as though you've had enough tools over the years. Like you said, sometimes it's one small thing a day, a couple of small steps a day that you can take to do your best, the things that you can control to make things Mm -hmm. at least a little better. So you don't have to stay in that victim place. So you can see what we call progress, right? We're not, obviously we're not perfect. We're not there yet. But when you're able to see the, the progress, that you've made and I bet you can see some progress oh yeah between now absolutely and, where you and, I, and I think it's just it, it's a shift in focus right you know it's yeah. like what is that Buddhist saying that you know suffering is optional mm-hmm. I can't remember the whole thing, but there's the Buddhist saying that talks about I that and that's Buddhist true and <laughs> yeah yeah I can't remember there's another part to it I'm missing but it it, it, it relates to that and it's something, something like that I problems think about are inevitable but suffering is optional but, Exactly. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. And, and, you know, that's kind of the mindset that I've kept with this whole thing. Um, because I realized I was focusing on so many things that what I call are out of bounds, you know, my energy was in, you know, Oh, I can't believe this happened to me. And now I have these infections and I have to do these IV treatments and I've got to be on antibiotics. That's all it is what it is. It's out of bounds. I can't change. I can't go in the past and change. I can't. That's very serenity prayer, by the way. Yes. Yeah. That right? is accept that what is. you can and cannot change. Have the courage mm-hmm. to change what you can. I live and breathe by that. And it sounds like you yes. do as well. Yeah. I, I do. And it sometimes takes a little reminder every once in a while, you uh-huh. know. Or but I do one. believe we have these, yeah, or a big one, the two by four moments. Um, I do believe we have these experiences, though, for a reason as unpleasant as they are, because you know, we, we learn through pain. Um, but what I have now, you know, decided is I'm like, you know, I want to learn through joy. I want to learn through some of the good experiences. I don't want to have these horrible, I've had a lot of two by four moments in my life a lot. Mm -hmm. And so that also is a pattern that I've been looking at is like, wow, why is it taking me so long to kind of get it? I don't want to have these physical two by four moments because, you know, I always say the way God gets our attention is physically. Sure. Because when we physically get hit, that's when we finally stop. Mm-hmm. It's like full stop. Wow. Because when we are not physically well, it affects emotions, mental, spiritual, it affects everything else. Oh, yeah. um, mm-hmm. And so I really pay attention when I get hit physically because I'm like, wow, okay, I need to open up and, and see what's here, what's coming up for me, what things are really hard for me to deal with versus the things that are easier because the things that are harder are probably where the lesson is and where I need to focus and, and shift. Clearly, this was a big one. You got hit with a couple of two by fours. So mm-hmm. it sounds like physically you're on the road to recovery, right? So you are getting there. You do see some progress. And my question to you now is, where have you already gotten stronger? I would say number one with really focusing on gratitude. Mm-hmm. You know, I have known that concept and you hear it all the time, like gratitude jars before you go to sleep, name three things you're grateful mm-hmm. for. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've, I've loved it and I've played in that sandbox, mm-hmm. but I've never embraced the power of gratitude. Yeah. Never embraced it until now. 
well, where we forget, it isn't right. We, we do forget. That's why they call it a practice. And mm-hmm. so it's yeah. okay. Don't beat yourself up if you forgot for a while, but Gratitude is incredible. I I put gratitude and appreciation on the same level. Sometimes I I look at gratitude like uh, for the things I have out, you know, my home and my family and my work and, but appreciation very often I turn it inward, appreciating myself for my strength, my wise decisions and things like that. And when we can delve into gratitude and appreciation. A dear friend of mine uh, says that's the shift where you can go from more of a negative energy and that negative vibe into a much more positive vibe and a positive outlook on life, which is not easy when you're dealing with these physical challenges. Mm -hmm. It isn't, but the power that I have seen is, you know, I have always believed in the mind body connection okay. and shifting that energy, just shifting your attention from all that's wrong to all the things you can be grateful for yeah. shifts you physically as well. Cause it was when I started to do that, that I don't think it's a coincidence. I started to feel better. Mm-hmm. I started to see physical results moving in the right direction and not backsliding. Yeah. Right. And so that to me is huge. So the gratitude is probably the biggest thing. The second biggest thing is the boundaries, my personal boundaries in all of my relationships. Um, I have always been that I don't like conflict. I don't want to hurt people's feelings. I don't want to upset somebody. And this is all relationships. And so I let anger, snide comments, um, being taken advantage of slide. That's always, you know, I even do it with clients. Sometimes I just, I let it slide. It's not that I don't stand up for myself at times, but not to the extent where I'm honoring myself. Yeah. This I you, always this put strengthened. You've back. strengthened your boundaries. It sounds like you've yes. had them, yeah. but you now they're fortified. Good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I understand now why, because I wasn't I was putting others before me and was not honoring myself. Mm. And some of the the boundaries I've had to create have, when we do that with others that we've, that have been in our life a long time, family members, longtime friends, you know, they have somehow benefited from us not having boundaries, right? Mm. So they, they have benefited from those behaviors. And then all of a sudden, when you create a boundary, they don't like it. No, And so- People get upset. They get angry. What's wrong with you? Why have you changed? And, you know, boundaries for me are never about keeping people out. It's just about an energetic, hey, I, we have to teach people how to treat us. And, and I'm reteaching some of the people in my life how I want to be treated. Mm-hmm. And here's the boundaries. And if you can't comply with those, then our relationship shifts or it ends. Right. Um, and, and it doesn't mean I, not- I won't, I will stop caring about you because I will continue exactly. to care about you. I might even continue to you, adore right? you and love you. And mm-hmm. these are my boundaries. End of conversation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And that is probably one of the hardest things Yeah, I think people can do, especially women. You know, mm-hmm. I have done a ton of research. You know, all of my dissertation work was around women in the workplace, women entrepreneurs. I've always done research around women. Um, 
and, and we struggle with that a little bit more than men. Not that men don't, but we do as women, just from social expectations and conditioning and, and all of those well, things. Of course, that's and how so, so many of us were raised to be the caretakers, yeah. you know, to make sure mm-hmm. that everybody else is alive and healthy and happy. And yeah, if you know, yep. if we don't do it, who's going to do it? You know, so right. it's more of a right. yes yeah. and. We still, of course, need to keep our eye on our people and the people we love and we care about and the, or we we manage and we lead in work. Mm-hmm. And so it's a yes and, yeah. Uh-huh. Exactly, yeah. But those are probably the two biggest things so far. I'm still on the journey. We'll have more of psychologist Dr. Chris Sopa coming right up. It's the Inspiring Voice Podcast, the media outlet of iVoice Communication. I have good and bad days. Mm. I, I, good, we all do. Good and bad days. Our best is different every day. Um, and on the bad days, it's it's a little bit harder. You know, there is some weird self-satisfaction we get from feeling sorry for ourselves. <laughs> and it's it's really trying to not get sucked into that that feeling and also getting sucked into your story. You know, I I had um, seen this pattern with clients, but this was the first time I've really seen it with myself where we get stuck in our heads in a story that we've created about ourselves or somebody else. Mm -hmm. And the way our brain works is, is it really connects and relates to that story so much to the point where it deters growth Mm -hmm. because if we grow and it affects the story if that story we've been running it a really long time forever Mm -hmm. (laughs) forever in some cases yeah we protect that story yeah because that's what we know you know we don't a lot of people don't like change in that sense and so I've been able to see some stories that I have been really protecting, Mm -hmm. you know, like when you're as sick as this, as I've been, you know, the story you run is like, you know, when you're in the victim, oh, poor me, I can't believe this has happened. And you get a certain amount of attention Mm -hmm. from that, which in part feels good. And then I noticed when I started to feel better, I wasn't verbalizing as much to others that I was feeling better because I still wanted to run this story because I was getting some kind of satisfaction from the story of poor Chris. Oh my gosh, she's so sick. Don't be hard um, on yourself though, Chris. I have to throw, I may I interject? Maybe you, you absolutely. needed a little more TLC. Maybe yeah, you needed yeah, just right. a little more time, comfort, attention, you know? And yeah. there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, you were dealing with what I call PTSD, right? Like this was a big deal. Oh, for sure. To get hit the way you were hit. And I think as women, Mm -hmm. we want to bounce back as quickly as possible. So don't get me wrong. I know where you're coming from when it comes to the stories, right? Mm -hmm. But maybe you needed a little more time and you needed a a little more. you're right. You know, you also mentioned something a little while ago about community and here you were alone and you only had so much help around you. Um, Might that be number three, right? As you move forward, might you devote a little more attention to, I don't want to say being less independent, but again, independent and, right? You can still be independent and really um, have the ability to to focus on 
building community around you. Right. So you're not yeah. alone. And that one is boundaries in the opposite sense. Right. Where I had a boundary that was more of a protective wall mm. in all of my relationships for whatever reason that I felt I needed to protect myself, you know, and that probably goes back to something in childhood. Um, <laughs> so that was a boundary that I saw that needed to come down a bit and I needed to open my heart more because when I do look at friendships, relationships, even dating, like, you know, I shut my dating knob off like five years ago and haven't even dipped my toe in that waters. Cause I'm like, you know, I ran the story. Ah, oh, it's easier to be alone. It's too much work. It's exhausting to date. Right. That was the story <laughs> I was running around that where when I was going through this, I'm like, it would be great to have somebody here like, just to bring me a cup of coffee. That would be so great. Um, <laughs> And, and I realized how closed I was and not that I was a bad friend. I don't think any of my friends would say I was a bad friend, but if you would ask, you know, I just had a conversation with one of my friends I've known since kindergarten um, that lives in Ohio. And, and we were, we're like the type of friends where we could not talk for five years. And then when we talk up where we left off yeah. and mm-hmm. I was sharing this with her and she said, you've never been a bad friend, but you've, you're always standoffish. Hmm. You, you only allow the relationship to go so far. I hope right? you and thanked her for being honest enough to I give me that piece. Profusely awesome. did. Yeah, because yes. there's very few people that I probably would let say things like that to <laughs> me, right? But she's so pleased. Um, but yeah, and I want people to be honest yeah. with me, you know, and even with my daughters and, and um, all of that. So it's for me right now, it's a process of feeling, allowing myself to feel vulnerable mm-hmm. and opening my heart up to be different in my relationships and more open Mm. and not feeling like I have to throw up that protective boundary wall that I've been throwing up for whatever reason. You know, for somebody who has been studying human dynamics for as long as you have been studying and working Uh human dynamics, isn't it amazing how far, how much we can still learn and how how much we can still grow? It's a constant journey. Yeah. And I have to give you this line too. And this one, I crossed my desk not long ago, and I'm sure you'll agree. And that is protection prevents connection. Oh, I love that. I'm so glad this is recorded. I love Mm -hmm. that. Yeah. And think about it. I mean, how many people do I deal with who are protecting themselves? Oh, probably, you know, 99.9% of everyone in one respect or another. Um, Mm -hmm. But a lot of times women, you're right, who have been divorced, who have dealt with whatever they've dealt with, and men too. There are a lot of men out there who are in protective mode, who not in a million years, you talk about, you know, feeling a little bit safer, not dating right now. There are a lot of men who feel that way too, who just don't want to open themselves and open their hearts to the potential of being hurt again, the way they've been hurt in the right. past. Yeah. And it's that protective and we do live in a different world mm. for sure. You know, mm-hmm. you know, I've been divorced for 15 years and 15 years ago when I went onto the online dating scene, it was very different than it is now. It has completely changed, mm-hmm. not for the better, unfortunately, but people were more authentic and now it's just, it, it's, it, it's rough out there. Mm. But I also, you know, I, I, I like I said before, I believe we create our own reality. And then what manifests for us is what we pay attention to. So if, you know, my brain is always on, you know, 
oh, there aren't any good men out there and dating sucks and it's exhausting. That's exactly what I'm going to experience. Yeah, that's what you're putting out to the world. Exactly what I will experience. Mm -hmm. Versus if I shift that just even a little bit of, hey, I'm going to be open. And I look at some of my friends who are in amazing relationships with amazing partners. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, it's definitely, they're out there. Mm -hmm. It's just timing. It's just whatever. Um, and, and just shifting your perspective just a little bit and your attention on where it is a little bit and not not focusing so much on the how the external is and how I have, you know, no control over that. You know, I call that out of bounds. You know, I can't control the out of bounds. Mm -hmm. um, and if all of my, you know, statistically, 80% of most people's energy is focused on what's out of bounds right. that they can't control. 80%. Right. Mm. And it's shifting that to what can I control and what are those things that I can do that feel good? You know, for me, it's all about feeling good. If something doesn't feel good, I'm like, okay, I, I need to shift something. It is all about feeling good. This is an important conversation, you know, and you touched upon a couple of things. Feeling, number one, you know, I've been doing some work with the Mindfulness Center uh, at Brown University recently. And they say mm -hmm. that our brain really has no sensory neurons. And we spend so much time in thinking mode, right? So, so we don't feel our feelings in our brain. We feel our feelings in our body, right? So, you know, even the neuroscientists say get out of the head from time to time and into the body, right? To ask yourself how your body is feeling about any, any specific issue or person or whatever. And your body has wisdom. Your body will communicate with you if you can spend enough time, right? In quiet time to hear, right? To hear the guidance that your body has for you. It's really amazing. I mean, this is coming from the scientists. And like I said, the neuroscientists. To your point, we do, we, we hold things in our body and our body tells us, you know, just like our body tells us when we have to go to the bathroom, you know, when we're hungry, when we're thirsty, it, it tells us things on an emotional, spiritual, and mental level too, where we just are not trained and taught to pay attention to what our body is telling us. Way back when I was in my early 30s, I got very, very ill as well. That was another moment, um, one of my first big two-by-four moments. And I learned then to read my body really well to the point where today, if I get a headache, which is very rare, but if I get one, I can tell if it's a I'm thirsty headache, I'm hungry, I'm sick, I'm tired. I can specifically tell what type of headache it is and what my body needs. And that was just from learning and taking the time to really see the patterns and listen to my body. Ah, and speaking of patterns, isn't it interesting, Chris, that you learn that through another two-by-four moment? <laughs> yeah. yeah, some of us are more stubborn than others, I would say. <laughs> I literally okay. told the gods, I was like, I'm done with two-by-four moments. I've had enough. I've had yeah. major ones in my life they that may have be almost done taken me out. Yeah. Um, I'm like, I'm done. <laughs> um, I am learning through ease and peace and joy now, and I will, you know, I will, I will catch on sooner. I've made that pact. <laughs> I remember somebody a long time ago saying, you know, we miss the red flags, right? When, when you hear the whispers, right? Because the, the world is so busy, right? We don't hear the whispers. Oh, it might be time to slow down. Oh, it might be time to call that friend or whatever. 
um, when we, when we uh, don't slow down enough and get quiet enough to hear the whispers, somebody will throw a brick through the window. So so <laughs> you hit the nail on the head. It's building time mm. into your daily life to get quiet. Yeah. Whether that's, and it doesn't have to be sitting cross-legged in meditation, mm-hmm. but you know, maybe it's going for a walk every day, doing something where you slow down the busy mind and the busy body where you can just get quiet within yourself because mm-hmm. you cannot hear those little butterfly whispers of hello, hello, you need to change this mm-hmm. until you get quiet because we have so many distractions right. nowadays. Which are getting get noisier and noisier. They are. And people use those, you know, and I, I have, and I'm guilty of it, use those distractions to also avoid dealing with those hard things in your life. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm too busy. You know, that's the, that's the excuse that, you know, with my coaching clients that I kind of knock people on the head most like, yeah, now you're never too busy. Like those things that are super important, you make time for, you know, and what so I the, I'm 20 minutes a day of social media. If you look at how much, much social media, the average person does in 20, in one day, if you can find 20 minutes, and if you can't find 20 minutes a day, find 10 or five. But I mean, we've all gotten caught on social media, whether it be Facebook or LinkedIn or Twitter or, you know, TikTok or whatever your modality is, 20 minutes a day. And it's hard because I think, or shall I say, I'm confident that there's an addiction issue. There's really an issue when it comes to our electronics, when it comes to social media that I have seen not only within myself, but every time I ask the question when I speak or when I go out and train, if you know, if you think you're addicted to your electronics, whether it be your phone or your computer, raise your hand. Almost everybody, almost everybody yep. raises their hand. And you're absolutely right about you don't have to sit cross-legged. I don't know if you know this, but in addition to my 30 plus years in the communications industry, I'm also a certified mindfulness teacher. And, I love that. you know, so I do do mindfulness and I try to sneak away and do five minutes here. Or there's Dr. Amishi Joss that wrote a book and it was called uh, something about mindfulness in 12 minutes a day. So that's her, her, you know, secret sauce or special number. But I say, you know what, make it work for you. If sitting and being quiet and focusing on your breath doesn't work for you, you're absolutely right. Like what does? Um, There are some people I know who go out and they just walk in nature, right? I have another friend who goes out and she, she goes into her kitchen and says, don't come in. And she'll like, she'll bake. So the point Mm -hmm. I'm trying to make is whatever works for you. So you can stay off of electronics, right? Unplug and um, do your best to, to get quiet for a while. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And I, I think meditation is any activity that you can get lost in that everything else falls away. And we all have those, the ironing, the, you know, being in nature, the, I don't know, even if you read a book, yes, right. And, and everything else falls away. That's doing something creative, like creating. Yeah. Like a puzzle. Yes. I have a friend who does puzzles. You know, when you do a puzzle, like, wow, you get like engrossed in the puzzle. Yeah. Anything like that. That's a meditation. And I think that's where people get confused because mm-hmm. when you hear the word meditation, you do think about like, I'm in an orange robe now and, you know, sitting cross-legged with my hands like this. And that's yes, <laughs> one form, but not everybody can do that. No, 
You know, not everybody can do that. It's just how can you quiet your mind and get rid of the distractions for five minutes a day, 10 minutes a day and starting small with it. Do you know for the first time ever, life expectancy has decreased? Has it really? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that crossed my That's desk. No. I, it is. Um, I believe the year was either 2018 or 2019, definitely 2019. And well, of course they were pointing to things like um, the opioid crisis, but they were also pointing to things like stress. You know, the Surgeon General of the United States says stress is an epidemic. And he said that even before the pandemic. Yes, so, I agree. Yeah. When you get quiet. Yeah, I've always said, I feel like stress is the main cause of all illness in one form or another. Yeah. And it doesn't have to be stress um, and how we know stress, like, oh, I'm stressed at work and I have, I'm overworked and I have all this to do and I'm mm -hmm. overwhelmed. Mm -hmm. But there's stress on emotional level. Oh yeah. On mental level, on spiritual level, there's stress on many levels. It doesn't have to be just that typical, what we know of stress. Do you think um, that's what you, know, you did? It, oh yeah. Mine was, mine is emotional stress. I think that took its toll. But, I think it was an emotional aspect that I was putting off. And I, again, still working on this, seeing certain things that need to shift, change um, to make me even more empowered than I was, that I was ignoring forever. Mm -hmm. Because I have, you know, from my first experience, I told you back when in my early 30s, um, I, I mastered physical stress. I'm, I'm good there. I, I know how to read my body, blah, blah, blah. But it's these other elements of stress that, you know, it's like peeling back that onion, you know, you get one and they're like, Oh, you thought you got that lesson. Here you go. Here's another layer to it. That's kind of what I feel like is happening with this. Isn't this interesting. At a, at a yeah. Level. So you got the yeah, glimmers, so you, you were hearing the, the quiet whispers when you were on vacation, but as we know, uh -huh. change, nobody wants to change. Right. So right, and you don't see the consequences, right? You don't see, you know, everything was going great for me, and mm -hmm. so I'm like, yeah, that would be nice, mm -hmm. you know, if I that. But there wasn't enough, I guess, lack of a better word, motivation for me to do so. Versus having this experience where I was literally on my knees. I mean, I rarely even get sick, so this has been amazingly insightful. So I wasn't planning to have the interview go in this direction, but I'm sensing that I need to ask you as we get ready to wrap things up. Sure. What do you want? What do you want to create moving forward? And then I'm also going to say, I think I need to interview again, you again, like a year from now to contrast. Oh my gosh. Because it's great. so easy and, and take your time and think about it. It's so easy to think that we want changes like these three changes, for example, that might be the three things that you're going to be taking steps towards. Um, but it's so easy as we know to want the changes, but Will you be willing to take the incremental steps? Because incremental change leads to lasting change. That's how it works. It's little steps every day. So what, what would you yeah. like to build from here? Yeah, what life do I want to create? Like, yeah. what do I want to see? What, what does your rich like, life look like? Yeah, and trust me, I've, I've thought about this because this question 
is the key that so many people have a hard time answering. There are yeah. very few people know what they want. What do like you specific- want? Because women in particular have never been told, hey, guess what? You can figure out what you want, what you and need. And it's okay. What want you it. value, it. what yes. you want to create. Like, I think we know the boundaries part. We, we know what we don't want. We, 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 we aren't all, we aren't always able to articulate what we don't want, but we have a pretty good sense of what our deal breakers are, but what yep. do you want, right? What do you want? What do you need? What, what do you value? What would you like to create? If anybody can create it, Chris, it's you. I appreciate that. Thank you. Um, <laughs> good to hear. Thank you. Yeah. Sometimes we need to hear that externally. You know, I, I know that, and it's going to sound like super basic, but now that I was in Arizona, 11 years, moved to Colorado thinking, oh, maybe I want to live in Colorado or in Arizona. I want to buy a house that is close to my daughter and grandson. So I could spend time with them. Yeah. I want to find, um, a life partner. I want to find a man who is my best friend and we love each other and we support each other and help each other grow. Like I never verbally said that out loud and I'm verbally saying it's it out loud. recorded by the way. Yeah. And I want, I want community. I want, yeah. I want to have a huge family. You know, my family is like medium size, but not very close, you know? So whoever this man is, I want him to have a big family and I want to be a part of that. And I want to build community with friends. I want to nurture my friendships more, which I've already started to do. Reach out to my friends more, let them know I'm thinking about them. Apologize for things that maybe like, Hey, I wasn't there for you. I've already started to do that. Um, you know, I have been blessed that I have an amazing business. Um, and I love what I do and I affect change in people's lives all of the time. And I want to continue to do that, but on a bigger level, mm-hmm. I want to have a global conversation with people through books, through blogs, through speaking, through whatever it is I do, which all of the above I want to create around what does it look like to honor yourself? And when we have these life experiences and these adversities, what are some ways like using my own experience to, to say, Hey, here are some things I learned. Mm-hmm. And then maybe we can, you can glean, you know, some wisdom from that of as course. well. Uh, I, I want to honor myself in all situations and really respect my boundaries and not feel guilty for having them. Cause that's the other thing we do as women. We feel guilty if when we, we put ourselves, ourselves first. Yeah. And so just, you know, traveling. I have always traveled alone. Mm. I want to, I don't want to travel alone anymore. Mm. You know, if I have to travel alone for business, that's one thing, mm. but like my fun trips, I don't want to travel alone anymore. I want someone to go with me. You know, that's huge. Like for my friends and people listening that know me huge, that's mm-hmm. huge, you know, cause I'm just like, I'll go by myself. It's easier. You know, I have to deal with somebody else's what they want to do, blah, blah, blah. I could just do everything I want, but that gets, you know, on my four month trip that, that got lonely. I finally was like, wow, here I am in Thailand or I'm in Bali in this beautiful location. Um, and I, I don't have anyone to share it with. And we take that for granted that we are not meant as humans to be here alone. We're meant mm-hmm. to experience our life with and through others. Mm-hmm. But we have to be open and, and allow that into our lives. And that's the biggest thing I want. I want to be more open hearted and vulnerable and allow those situations to come into my life and not be so protective, you know, as you mentioned, of being afraid of being hurt again. Mm-hmm. Being hurt is is a lesson as well. And we always get over it. You know, everything and we're always humans. Has... We hurt each other a little bit. 
you know? So mm-hmm. I guess if you're going to have perfect. to, no, we're not, we're not to let things fly sometimes. I mean, obviously if you're being abused or neglected, it's a different story, but um, yeah, to let, to let people off the hook because people do get, yeah. you know, there's an old saying, hungry, angry, lonely, and tired, right? When you're, when you're hungry, angry, lonely, and tired, you're much more apt to the be halt. cranky. Yes. And who do you take it out on? The people who are closest to you. So whenever somebody's yes. kind of cranky to me, I ask, hmm, what, what time of day is it? I mean, right. really. Yeah, be more compassionate yeah. people, right? Because, you know, silly example, but, you know, I, you know, I wasn't able to drive for a long time. So when I went to doctor's appointments, I had to call an Uber or a driver. But because I was having these horrible muscle spasms, every single bump in the road sent my back into oh, a spasm. So yeah. a ride, you know, to just down the road was excruciating for me. And so now I just started to drive again this week a little bit. And I am so much more compassionate for like, you know, how you get really frustrated with that person in front of you going slow or turning sure. slowly. Mm-hmm. I'm so much more compassionate because I'm like, I don't know, maybe their back hurts That's or right. they've got something going on. So much more compassionate than mm-hmm. that quick judgment that we always make because we're in our own little world. It's, it's opening up and, and including others and knowing we're all in this together and what influences one influences us all mm-hmm. and, and really being able to open up your heart and be more compassionate towards the possibility of you know, what might that person be going through? What's going on behind their eyes that I don't know about? I definitely think the world needs more compassion. And I wasn't planning to wrap it up this way, but I just learned this from a woman named Pema Chodron. Are you familiar? I love her. Yes, She's I love her. The Buddhist nun. Yes, yeah, love her. Yes. So three quick steps. You ready? Here's my mm-hmm. suffering right? Whatever you're suffering from, because so often when, you know, whatever you're suffering or struggling with uh, arises, we push it away, right? We don't want to feel it. We don't want to deal with it. We either push it under the rug or we rise above or, you know what? It's here. It's here. Mm -hmm. That's step number one. Allow Mm -hmm. it. Number two, she said, remember, everybody suffers. Yeah. Everybody suffers. For example, I have somebody very close to me who lost a child just a few months ago. Very, very, very hard. Hardest thing ever. Worst, I mean, can you, I can't imagine. I call her a hero. Yeah. And I think it helps her to know that there are millions of people who have lost children. Like she is definitely not alone. It doesn't bring, you know, back her child, but everybody suffers. We all have our ups Mm -hmm. and downs, Pema would say, right? So again, number one, what what are you suffering with? Allow it. Number two, everybody suffers. And then number three, take your dominant hand, put it on your heart. If it's really, really tough, you might want to take your other other hand, put it on top and give yourself, right? Self-compassion. Yeah. And I yeah, loved that so because important. when you're able to give yourself compassion, right? When you understand self-compassion, what I've experienced is you're much more able to be compassionate of others. That's so true. Mm-hmm. So I hope that was yeah, helpful so for you. I love, I love that. Yeah, I love her. She's, she's great. 
Yeah. But it's a great one too. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> so thank well, you so much for inviting me to your podcast. I this has been so great. We could probably talk for another two hours. Yeah, absolutely. Tell me if you're ever on the East Coast. And if I ever go out wherever you're going to be, I have a feeling it's going to be Arizona one of these days. You know what? Sedona has been on my bucket list. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, you have to go there. I'll be back in Arizona in August. So anytime after August, I would be happy to take you to Sedona. You know, you started this conversation by saying something like, why do I keep on having to learn through adversity? I want to learn through joy. So it is my hope as I ship you off today, Chris, that you (laughs) will continue to learn because I know that, you know, life is our best teacher, as we know, that you will have an opportunity to learn through your joy. Oh, thank you so much. You have been so wonderful. Um, Thank you so much. You're so insightful and wise. You too. So insightful. We try, you you. know, we do the best we can with the tools and it's been really fun to, uh, to compare and contrast tools. And hopefully I have a feeling our, our listeners and our viewers today will, uh, will have had an opportunity to pick up some tools as well. I hope so. Well, thank you again, Donna. Such a pleasure. Thank you, industrial organizational psychologist and traveling psychologist, Dr. Chris Sopa. You can connect with Chris at chrissopa.com. Inspiring Voice, it's the media outlet of iVoice Communication. The Inspiring Voice podcast is produced by Nicholas Young. Music by Jeffrey Blake, and I'm Donna Rastigian-Mack iVoice Communication is a company that cultivates confident speakers, successful interpersonal communicators, and healthy human connections through effective communication at work. Please check out our signature six-week Strengthen Leadership Communication Program. Inspiring Voice. It's our hope that through unplugging a little bit of quiet time every day, you can hear your own inspiring voice and be your own inspiring voice so you can build the richest and most rewarding life and career possible.